question about when we would deliver uh, some remarks and comments. I think that's important to our community, right? But we wanted to make sure that we took some time and gathered some information. We had some good information to deliver and clear some things up. So uh, my name is Steve Drew. I'm the chief of police here in Newport News. And I will tell you, this is unprecedented situation that we're dealing with. A six-year-old. It is unprecedented. So there are some nuances here. Friday, last Friday was a hard day for our city, for all of us. And there are a lot of heroes. I'll tell you that uh, Saturday afternoon, I was able to meet with family. And I was able to meet, I was humbled, but I was able to meet with Abigail Zorner. Abigail is a 25-year-old teacher. And she is a trooper. She is a hero. I talked with her, so before I talk today, I'm going to go through the timeline, establish that a little bit for you, talk about our officer response, what happened while we were there, and where we're at in our investigation. But please remember that we are only three days into this, that there's a lot of things that still need to happen. And I'll talk about that as we go forward, but there are some questions that, will be, that we will not be able to answer because of where we're at with, with this investigation. When I met with Abigail's family on Saturday, and they took me up to her room, she asked me, First question, do you know how my students are? She was worried about them. And then today, when I went back to share with her that we were going to hold this press conference today, she again asked me, do you know how my students are? And that touched me, her family and her mother. Abigail wanted me to tell you all, but primarily her students and her parents of her students, that she is in stable condition, and that she is thankful for the thoughts and prayers that have gone out to her, to people that have reached out not only here locally, across our state and across our nation. She is very, very appreciative of the support that she's getting and continues to get. So I just want to establish with you a, a brief timeline. Last Friday uh, at Rich Neck Elementary School on January the 6th, at 1.59 a call came in and advised that a teacher had been shot and there was no, other, there was no uh, other information that came forward. Officers were dispatched at 2 o'clock p.m. Uh, personnel uh, to Rich Neck Elementary. And any time we have a situation where there is a shooter or they believe a possible active shooter, officers are going to come from all over. So there were officers from different, uh, different areas there. At 2.04, two sheriff deputies arrived at the school and entered the classroom where the shooting took place. And I talk, we'll talk a little bit shortly here that it was not a, an active shooter going on throughout the school. Everything happened in one classroom. Two sheriff deputies entered at 2.04, and about 8 to 10 seconds behind them, two officers entered. When they entered the room, they found a, a six-year-old child that was being physically restrained by a school employee. The child became a little combative, actually struck the school employee that was retain, restraining him, and officers then took control of him and escorted him out of the building, placed him in a police car, with an officer inside and outside that vehicle. Once that had occurred, there was a systematic uh, uh, evacuation of rooms and hallways for safety. So we still weren't sure exactly what all we had at that point. On the timeline, I want to go back and talk about the other response. As we said, at 2.04, deputies and officers responded. At 2.06, med medics arrived at the school. At 2.07, the medics were cleared by officers to enter the building, that that room was safe or that we had someone uh, had been injured. At 2.09, they made contact with Abigail. And at 2.11, she was transported to a local hospital where she's currently undergoing treatment. 
And again, I, if I didn't state earlier, she is still listed in stable condition, and I had a good conversation with her today. We talked a little bit about when the officers arrived. The young man was taken into custody and escorted out of the building. And officers responded then and began to put a plan together quickly to evacuate the hallways, the classrooms, in a systematic order. But remember, we're done with elementary kids, right? And I will tell you, I was touched by the way that those officers interacted with those kids as they moved them from the hallway to the gymnasium. The faculty and staff there, and I'm not just talking about teachers. It was heroic, the way I saw them take care of those young people. Officers and faculty members were, were took the students into the gymnasium. That's where they would stay until they were reunited with the family. The individuals that were in the classroom were taken to the library, where they were held there, kept there with detectives, a couple of teachers, and eventually some school counselors. When they arrived, we escorted them safely to that area as we continued to clear the building so that they could be, the professionals could be with, with, with our young people, with students. detectives and, and counselors that were, that were escorted there to make sure that we had professionals with the individuals that had been in that room. Uh, once the building was safe, forensics entered the classroom and processed the crime scene. Uh, I want to share with you what we recovered there. Uh, one spent shell casing, a backpack, a cell phone, and a 9mm Taurus firearm was recovered. The firearm was recovered close to the student's desk where the shooting occurred. Mrs. Zorner was providing class instruction when the six-year-old child uh, displayed a firearm, pointed it, pointed it at her and fired one round. There was no physical uh, struggle or fight. She was providing instruction to her class. There was one round fired. Abigail uh, took a defensive position. And what I'm sharing with you is because she has allowed me to share it. She took a defensive position where she raised her hand the round went through her hand, exited the rear of her hand, and into her upper chest. And that's as far as I want to go with that. I'm not, I'm not a physician and, and the complications there, but uh, that was the injury. She, she leaned back and took that, took that round. She suffered a gunshot wound, um, but she was still able to get all of her students out of that classroom. From the video surveillance we have of the, of the hallway, you can see the students running out of that classroom across the hall into, and I would, I'm estimating about 17 to 20 students out of that classroom across all into other classrooms. Mrs. Warner was the last person to leave that class. She made a right turn and started down the hallway and then she stopped. And she turned around. She turned around to make sure that every one of those students was safe. She made her way down to the uh, administration office, where we later find out that she was uh, given first aid as dispatchers talked to individuals who had made phone calls, and they took care of her uh, through communications until the paramedics got, got with her. Several, several faculty members were interviewed uh, at the scene. Others, there will be follow-up interviews. There will be follow-up interviews with, with Abigail. The students that were there, we will work. We will work with uh, child psychologists who are, are trained to interview children. We'll work with them and want to talk about about what they saw in their accounts. 
Now, once I, once I arrived, myself and, and, and other officers, I was, got a quick brief assessment of the situation, what we had, and I wanted to get out as quick as we could to our, our community and our parents, right, that we did not have an active uh, situation, the individual was in custody, and, and that there was no more longer threat. I tried to explain a little bit about how children were being moved to the gymnasium. We'll work with our, our school board members uh, and, and faculty and staff there, our sheriff deputies, that came all together and we had a systematic process of releasing a child to their parent. They were identified and we got them back, back together. And you can imagine there was some frustration by parents wanting their children back, and I can understand that. Uh, myself and, and the mayor uh, worked the, the line, as parents lined up, calming them down, reassuring that their students were okay. But you saw tears and frustration, anxiety, and I appreciate that, sir. Because in those situations, what we ought to do is try to keep people calm because they're just unsure of what they had. And as we reunited, as I saw uh, school employees uh, walking students and officers walking students back to their families, I saw tears and smiles on both sides. That was, in that, that moment of seeing our fire department, sheriff's department, police officers, school board members, school officials working together to reunite those children and loved ones and the care that they took for those young people, it was amazing. Laughing, supporting, holding their hands, talking to them. I saw children in the gym that were making fun of officers and officers making fun of them, just bonding and trying to make that situation that we're dealing with the best that we could. They remembered how important those young people are in that time they may never forget. The parents of the six-year-old child were contacted by, uh, by the police department and asked us to meet, asked them to meet us back at police headquarters. They did so. And at that point is where we interviewed uh, the child and his mother. We determined that the firearm was in the residence where they lived and the child had obtained that firearm, placed it in his backpack and brought it to school. He was brought to school that day by his, by his mother uh, later that morning. A six-year-old child um, uh, brought to school, like, like we said there, and it was determined we wanted to know about that firearm. That's one of the things that we did in our press conference there was one of the questions I had, where did that firearm come from? The firearm was legally purchased uh, uh, by, the, by the child's mother out of uh, York County. Uh, detectives, so after we had this information, like I said, this is unprecedented, we're dealing with a six-year-old. Detectives talked with Human Services and Child Protective Services, our Commonwealth Attorney's Office. I've talked to Mr. Gwen several times as late as last night and, and this afternoon. Um, the Community Service Board, which, is a, which addresses mental and behavioral health. Uh, due to the age of the child, we made these conversations, these contacts and conversations to seek guidance on possible services. Because none of us have a lot of information dealing with something like this. Based on this conversation, an emergency custody order was initiated by detectives, and the six-year-old child was transported to a local hospital where he was evaluated. The CSB uh, Community Service Board determined that a temporary detention order would be obtained from a magistrate, and the child is currently receiving treatment at a medical facility. Now, the department will continue to conduct this investigation, which will consist of a lot of follow-up interviews. We want to talk to the uh, individuals that were in that classroom with help of a, a child psychologist. We want to meet with uh, human services or child protective services to see if there's any, action, any interaction or any cases that they have with the family or the child. 
And we also want to work with Dr. Parker and his staff, which have been extremely, extremely forthcoming with information of any issues they might have dealing with the, uh, the child's behavior or any behavioral issues or concerns. I'd like to, to, to reiterate, and I said that night, I just want to reiterate that this shooting was not accidental. It was intentional. And I believe, and I told her today, that I believe in Miss Zorner, Abigail, that she saved lives on Friday. I cannot be more, more impressed with the faculty and staff of the school. I can't be more impressed with those children, the way they exited the hallways and went with instruction, the officers and deputies who talked to them. Some Okay, a savage bitch. Grr, rise and shine. Yes, I had to let y'all hear that because this is definitely, definitely a topic that I've been wanting to chime in about. Good luck. Thank you for all my supporters, my listeners. Shout out to y'all first. I hope everyone's having a good, great morning. But by listening to that whole little thing, um, yeah, it was um, Friday, about nine days ago. A six-year-old shot his teacher, and um, he brought a gun to school, and he shot her. He didn't miss. He didn't shoot no one else. He didn't harm nobody else. He picked his target, and he hit it. Bullseye. Um, it's not a funny situation. It's actually a tragedy if you look at it. Um, I just couldn't imagine a sixth grader. What? That's what, like fifth, first grade, kindergarten, first grade coming to school and shooting you? Okay, we have a lot of a lot of questions pops up by hearing that and by listening to this. You don't hear much, which I know the reporters, the police can't talk about the individual, which is the six-year-old, because he's still a minor. But I didn't hear anything too much about who was the parents. And I get it. And maybe they shouldn't disclose that because of where they're at. People will be trying to make them targets also. So let's go over basically the the, the experience. So little young six year old, he went to school. The the sheriff explaining that the teacher was handing out directions, you know, and I guess he didn't want to follow him, so he took his gun out and shot him. Shot her. The bullet she must have tried to brace herself with her hands, you know, and the bullet went through her hand and traveled out. So thank goodness um, it wasn't a big, or she didn't get shot. That's something that would have harmed her for life or her living. She was able to get the other kids out of the classroom. So that was another good thing. Um, Salute to her for doing that, you know, not putting her life just thinking about just herself in that situation. Um, because 
you know, as a five-year-old, we don't think they have the common knowledge, skill to even, he had what they said, a, a nine millimeter, a nine. So you wouldn't think he would be able to hold it or the bullet, you know, accidents happen even with grown people holding guns. So nevertheless, a six-year-old. But I do want, I'm interested on how did the whole situation, she's giving, she's standing up in the classroom giving instructions and he just stands up, pull his gun out and shoot her. It's more to that. And personally, for a six-year-old to get a gun, hide it, get it into the school and then put it out and shoot him. The first question is, what did she do to this six-year-old for him to even think or have the concept that he wants to shoot her? What did she do to him? I, I don't think no little six-year-old boy would want to shoot a teacher that gives him candy, give him stars, and let him go to recess, you know? So, yes, but it's definitely, definitely just devastating hearing this. Like, this is definitely a tragedy, and, you know, what's coincidental it's just, I don't know if it's a coincidence. I can't say it's a coincidence because I don't feel like it's a coincidence. A couple weeks ago, they just changed the law. Um, I don't know how many states are included, but I know one of the states that I resident, am a resident in, um, if you're 12, they said they were tired of seeing 12-year-olds in handcuffs. And that they don't think a 12-year-old should be locked up for murder anymore. So if you're 12, they're not going to arrest you anymore. And then a week later, a six-year-old go in and shoot the teacher. It's just different things. Crazy, right? So keep that in mind. But that's a whole nother rant. We're going to get to that. We're on the six-year-old. So... I applaud her. I salute her for being able to get the other kids out of harm way. Yet at the same time, I'm trying to figure out what took place to make harm come anyway. You know, what I know playing video games, they've been playing video games for years, but that means I'm going to steal my, my mother's gun. The gun was legal. It was our his mother's gun. It was legal. It was it, it it it's legal. So it's like there's a lot of questions to be asked from the parents and also the teacher. You know, I'm not gonna just say it's the teacher. What did the teacher do? What is the parents doing? Why wasn't the gun out of the six year old reach? On top of, y'all didn't even know it was gone when he went to school. Okay. And something that keeps replaying in my head as 
the officer said, it wasn't on accident. It was very much intentionally. And with that being said, that does raise your eyebrows of what's going on in our children learning environment. Because that's all I'm like, okay, I understand this, boom, boom, boom. But like he said, they they um took the child. He's being treated in the hospital, mental health. Because they don't know how to approach this situation. This is not a common situation. I get it. But, yeah, I want to hear more information, and I don't even think they're going to reveal more information on this because he is a minor. And, um, you know, the teacher did play a hero role, after all. Um, But I do want to get down to, like, what is going on in this child's head? Like, what pushed him to act this way, you know, it's very, very serious. Um, I just can say we need to really be involved with our kids more. Um, Don't let the internet raise your kids, the television, take time, ask them how was their day, just the little things. I can remember my mom asked me every day and I didn't understand like every day, mommy, ain't nothing changed. It's just another day. As I got older and had a child of my own, I realized how big of a factor that plays. So even if it's just the little things, you know, check on them, get them to try to communicate with you. Um, You can tell by body language and different things if you know it's not the norm for that person. And... um, Not only check on your kids, check on your loved ones, your family, your peoples, everybody. You know, I send blessings up, bundles of joy. We need it going into 2023, you know. But um, my prayers go out to everyone that was involved in this situation, actually. But it's just something that I had to get off my chest. Like, wow, we're living in a day and time. But this is how the world is changing. I'll be back with more different scenarios of such because I noticed this has been going around. A lot of kids has been involved with gun activity in school environments. And that's not cool, you know. But I hope y'all take a listen. Share your thoughts, your opinions. Shout out to my supporters. And I'll be back with y'all. Savage, bitch.